0: Welcome to You Need a Coach, Bitch. I'm your host, Chris Hale. I'm a certified life coach and coach instructor. I'm also a master dance educator and self proclaimed Xaniel Pop Diva. Every week, I bring you a conversation to help you harness your inner authority by popping the patriarchy and crafting the life of your dreams. Are you ready to unleash your inner creator? Let's go. Hey besties, what's up? How are you doing? It is Wednesday and I have to be honest, it feels so creepy right now because of the smoke and air quality from the Canadian wildfires. Like, it's like this hazy yellow sheet has come down over the town and I ha- it feels like the end of times or whatever. Um, I have to admit, like, it's just freaking me out a little bit. I, like, turned on all the lights in my house because it's, like, not even two o'clock in the afternoon and it's dark in here. And I don't know, it's just giving me, like, a super uneasy vibe. So I'm wondering if you're feeling that way, too. Also, it's not just that. It's, like, everything that's going on in the world. Like, HRC has declared a state of emergency f- for LGBTQ people in the U.S. That feels awful. There's a lot of drama going on in the coaching space, or at least like the coaching world that I'm in. And so I don't think it's probably the coaching world at large, but it's just been sort of like a, an onslaught constantly of the drama that's been going on there. So I was talking to a friend today and she was just saying, like, wow, it just feels like it's everything's so bad right now. Like, humans, what are we doing? And that's where I think, like, we need to sort of step back for a second. Because while there are some really fucked up things going on, there has been a huge spike in anti-LGBTQ legislation and, and attacks, like, physical attacks on the LGBTQ community. That is terrifying, and it's bad, and it's scary. I'm not sure that we as humans are doing humaning worse. I feel like what has changed is our awareness of that part of life, because we have access to this 24-hour news cycle and everything that's coming up on our Instagram feeds or Facebook feeds or on TikTok, like at any time during the day, you can go on and be updated on all the horrible shit that's going on in the world. And I think that this has really created a feeling of despondency. It's really impacting our ability to hope for improvement in these areas, even though We are seeing improvement in certain places, right? Like, I've talked about this before, about how this is going to be, especially around queer rights, right? Like, we are going to be in this fight for a while, and there have been wins, right? Like, a Florida judge has blocked a law banning gender-affirming care. Fucking Florida, right? So the place that seems like it is beyond saving, right? Like, it's hopeless— That's happening there. So I want to urge y'all to take care of yourselves as much as you can by controlling the input. What are you allowing into your awareness that maybe isn't serving you? We do want to be responsible and understand what's going on in the world. But I think that, like, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have a pretty good idea of the shit show that is going on. And you don't need to re-traumatize yourself constantly by the minute by checking in with just confirming that it's still a shit show. (laughs) Like, we don't need to do that. We can give ourselves a break from that and really look at, like, where that behavior is coming from. Like, everything here is about the why we're doing things. So we can look at, like, where is that behavior coming from? What do we get from from seeking out reassurance that we're under attack? Does that serve you in any way? And there's probably a part of you that it does serve, and that's for you to kind of, like, excavate a little bit. It's like, maybe it's a nice distraction from some of the other things that you have decided you want to work towards. Like this kind of stuff can be a really good, shiny object when we, for instance, have a creative project we're supposed to be working on and procrastination starts to set in or we're like uncomfortable with the creation process. And the reason why it's a useful distraction is because, well, we can't fault ourselves for wanting to be in the loop. It seems like a noble thing to do in a way to keep ourselves connected to what's going on, but it is possible that you're using it as an excuse, right, as as a buffer so that you don't have to sit and work on the things that would move your life forward, Another thing I think we can get out of this desire to engage in doom scrolling is that we can use the information against ourselves and we can get into this inner conflict around participating in capitalism. And you've probably heard this before, but you aren't going to solve capitalism. It's not going to happen. Yet spending energy on this internal battle can be a waste of time because we can get because we can lie to ourselves and be convinced that we're somehow being responsible by overindulging in the conversation around whether we are being accessible or inclusive or welcoming enough, etc. And I want to say much like the conversation around narcissism wherein if you're wondering if you are one, you probably aren't. If you're actually taking the time to ponder these things, then you aren't a part of the problem. And we also have to be able to accept on the other side of that is that we're going to get it wrong sometimes. So while you might not be intentionally perpetuating certain inequalities, it doesn't mean you aren't enacting them at times. And so that kind of brings me back to the coaching drama I was talking about. Um, There's a very successful coach that's been called out publicly for repeatedly in the eyes of her students, um, a lot of who were complete loyalists, Uh, she's like not keeping up Her end of the bargain and what she promised in the containers that she sold to them. And all of this probably could have been dealt with by admitting some mistakes or oversights, whether they were intentional or not, and apologizing. And exactly the opposite has happened every time. There has been just a doubling down and a digging in of their heels very publicly And I'm not going to go any more into that, because if you know, you know, and if you don't know, this is not really the container for gossip. But if you do want to gossip, DM me, because I am and have always been a gossip award. Just kidding, but not really. Um, (laughs) But anyway, I actually want to use this opportunity to talk about repair. I've been thinking a lot about this for the past few months after hearing Dr. Becky talk about it on Glennon. And she said something to the effect of, as parents, you could get it wrong 70% of the time and still be okay and have great relationships with with your kids by focusing on the repair. Like, we're all going to fuck up, but when we're able to look at our mistakes and the impact they've had, again, whether we meant to hurt people or not, But when we can look back on them and just apologize, that's actually a really great start and goes a long way. And sometimes people don't need any more than that. Sometimes that's enough for them. And in other cases, apologies mean nothing without change and specifically change in behavior. But so many people are just unable to even apologize. Like they're not even able to go there. So we're not even having a discussion yet about like, What needs to change in regard to behavior? The first behavior change is just like own up to your fucking mistakes and say you're sorry. As a teacher, when I've been in the wrong, I've apologized to students and I'm not sure that they've ever had an adult in their life do that. I know I haven't and I no longer spend much time lamenting that, but I know at some point it would have gone a long way to have that happen and actually see my friend's parent in such a different way than we were parented, like the way that our generation was parented, I see them hold space for their kids' emotion and seek to repair when they're not meeting their children's expectations. And I want to be clear um, that they aren't apologizing necessarily for like the unmet expectations so much as they're acknowledging the pain that the child is experiencing. So I see it with my clients a lot um, where like they're learning to set boundaries with their children and... The child like has an expectation that they're going to get something or that something should go a certain way, um, that they're not necessarily entitled to. So that's what I mean by their expectation. Like they're like, I should be allowed to do this, and the parents like, "Mm, maybe not so much. And I remember like if I had. like, spoken that way to my parents, right? If I, had, if I had said that things were unfair or I didn't get something that I wanted and I was upset about it or whatever, I just would have been called spoiled and ungrateful. But, like, these parents are really showing up and acknowledging the pain of disappointment from not getting what you want and still holding firm in that it's not a given that they should have gotten it in the first place. So that's what I mean. Like, that's where there's a moment of connection, right? Right? and safety that's being created, because it's like, yeah, I have this boundary. No, you're not getting that. Yes, I see you're upset. And you're safe to express yourself in this situation. And I'm not going to remove my love from you. I think that that's huge. And I think it's something that like, a lot of us have never experienced. Even take like, romantic relationships, very often in romantic relationships, that level of repair does not happen where it's not even available because we're so concerned with people not meeting our needs or all the red flags or all the just all the things that have been like pumped into our heads that like we don't consider that we can hold space for someone to admit that they were wrong and then have dialogue about that and like equally take responsibility for our behavior in situations that might have like been full of conflict. Anyway, all of this is to say, I think that we also need to do a lot of repair with ourselves and especially around our creativity, but definitely like in all areas of our life, it's useful. Think about how many times you've abandoned yourself and just went on as if you didn't. I've been working really hard this year on regulating my nervous system and making space for my body to release a lot of emotional pain. And the work I'm doing around apologizing to myself for demanding that I be different and thinking that I was a problem that needed to be solved is really powerful. This unearthing is helping me honor myself and become even more of my own authority. I did a podcast interview yesterday with Jessica Samaro, um, and I think that's going to be out on her podcast in a few weeks, but she called it self-partnering, and I can't think of a better way to describe the journey that honestly started with intuitive scheduling, Um, but it's also, like, fanned out to other areas of my life, but just this idea that I'm partnering with myself. I am becoming a safe space for myself. And that means that I might have to do a little bit more on the repair side that I would have originally had anticipated. And maybe that's also why I am not so desirous of, like, other people apologizing or, like, having... Adults apologize to me. Obviously, I'm an adult now. I'm 42, but you know what I mean, (laughs) Um, is because I'm really focusing my energies around the times when I've abandoned myself, because as an adult, that's really the only abandonment that is possible. Like, I am not dependent on anyone anymore. So they can't abandon me, but I certainly can't abandon myself. And the reflection, right, when we're going back to do that work, we want to be really careful not to judge ourselves or make ourselves wrong. Like that's the first step is to look back with compassion and curiosity on those times when maybe you acted against yourself and really try to identify how you knew you were acting against yourself. So, I was just coaching a friend, and we were talking about a moment where, like, she can feel herself physically, like in her body, being out of integrity with a container and a space that she's showing up with in, but that she has not been able to not show up or extract herself from that. And, like, that's okay. It's okay that she hasn't been able to do that. And in order for her to do that, we have to look at, like, okay, that moment, that moment when you can feel, right, that there is this, like, incongruency with yourself in this container. Like, what's happening that you're overriding that? And I think that, again, is the beauty of coaching or self-coaching or therapy or any of those things is, like, holding space for the awareness for that moment, where we act out of alignment with what feels genuine to us. And I think we've been taught to second guess ourselves so much. And this again comes back to like this existing within capitalism because we're constantly being sold to and we're being sold external solutions to internal problems. And then we're also being sold individual solutions to structural and systemic and community-based problems. So, like, it's just a huge mindfuck because it's like, where do we focus our energy? And what are we responsible for? I think we do end up sort of turning our backs on ourselves along the way a lot. And that's okay. Because when you come back to yourself is what matters. Like, how you treat yourself when you come back to yourself is the only thing that really matters in this scenario. And if you're going to meet yourself with love, with kindness, with compassion, and with understanding. So take that with you this week and maybe use it as the lens that you look at all conflict through. Like, what is the capacity for repair in the situation? And look at all of your sort of internal conflict in ways in which you might be Not showing up for yourself in the way that you want to. And I say want to and not should, right? But the way you want to be showing up for yourself. And if you're like working on your intuitive scheduling, that's going to give you a lot of opportunities to make a plan to show up in a certain way. And then obviously see if you do that or don't do that. And like that's a moment where... When you come back to yourself and you realize you didn't do something that was scheduled or you scheduled to do something at a time that was like not realistic for you actually to be able to execute that task. What is the quality of the the thoughts that you have toward yourself around how that went down? Do you view it as like a huge mistake? Do you beat yourself up for it or do you get really curious about why and how you could maybe do it differently in the future all right my loves um i hope that you have a great week i hope that the sky is clear up um i hope that you can find a little bit of peace and ease as we navigate through pride month as i talked about last week if you need to opt out this year let that be okay for yourself but still try to find ways to live authentically in your everyday life so that you can feel good about who you are in this time. I love you. Bye. If you are loving the podcast, it's time to put a ring on it. It would mean the world to me if you would do one or all of these things. First off, Subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts or all the places podcasts are available if you want to be extra. While you're there, giving a five-star rating and leaving a review would be epic. And lastly, spreading the love by sharing your favorite episode would be beyond. Thanks, love. We'll talk soon.